The Otaku Melancholy Podcast. The podcast that wants to remind you that it doesn't matter if she's a 9,000 year old vampire, you should still probably clear your browsing history and your hard drive. My name is Matt, and dude, I, I'm Anna Miserable. And I'm Brad, coming to you live from a federal correctional facility in an undisclosed location. Yeah, we're. <sighs> you can read. You know who can't read? The protagonist's girlfriend. Yeah. <sighs> Alright. We're talking. We're talking Kodomono G-Con. Let's just get the formalities out of the way. Yeah. Nobody here wants to be here. Nobody here wants to... Nobody here is approving of what the show is. We just needed to cap off the last scripted... Like, the last planned Anna Misery with something that would supersede the rest and this was the one that i constantly made jokes about to brad i said hey brad we should do the one about pedophiles and brad was like no i don't want to do the pedophile one and i said come on brad do it for the vine and brad said no i ain't gonna do it (laughs) and then it was like i was like fine this is gonna be the last scripted animator we do because we've tried to do them once every month we would plan it we would jot it down we'd be like we'd take a note and then we would do it but this is the last one we're doing that we have planned in advance now i'm not saying that this is the last anna misery ever before brad gets his hopes up Ugh. i'm just i'm just saying it's the last one for a while yeah last so, one for a while let's, let's let's just take like a little walk down memory lane at what anna misery is and was about so anna misery has kind of changed over time it started out being we're gonna watch the popular shows that are bad and talk about why they're bad and what made them popular, even like regardless. And that's how it started with Aramanga Sensei. And I thought that was the worst it could ever be. I've had Aramanga Sensei as my most hated, and boy was I proven wrong. We went through some gems like Magical Girl's Sight, and then we watched the classic bad animes like School Days and Kiss and Sis. And then we had like a yeah. little flirtation with Darling in the Franks, which, you know, was trying to get around the hive. It was like, ending bad. And we were trying yeah, to, it was, you know, catch the catch the audience. Yeah, it was basically, that was basically a please look at us. We're going to have an opinion you might disagree with. Yeah. And as it went on, about the second half of the year, Kodomo no G-Con just started creeping up as like, hey, we're it. We're the end game. It's it's like the phase three of Marvel where they're starting to get an idea of where this is going to end up. And just like how in Berserk, which we'll talk about later, it seems the flow of causality has led us to this moment. And no, I think I, I know. I think the moment we did mind you, he can show is where things went downhill at a rapid speed. Yeah. Because I Monyuhigan show ruined my love of anime breasts, and don't get me wrong, we had some 
we had two shows I liked. I liked Yurikuma Arashi and I liked Magical Girl Sight. Yeah, Yurikuma Arashi was like did not deserve to be on the Animisery list. We just It really did not. It was the description mostly that kind of pinned that as uh as hey, this should be an Animisery. This sounds bad, but it was uh you know strangely enticing. Yeah, it was actually really good, and it was actually, you know, a a piece of legitimate art, unlike some of these other things. I think the lowest we ever sunk was AkiCon. I still... I fucking hate AkiCon. I hate everything AkiCon's ever done for itself. I hate the author of AkiCon. <laughs> I don't even know this person, but I hate them. And in, in another world with my smartphone. Why? Why are you doing? Why are you doing it? Dude, I can barely remember anything from smartphone. Can't either. I can only and remember. Have, Yay! Yay! And then we have the the Suganosaurus. That that's that's that'll come eventually. Yeah. Well, what we what we post that somewhere? It's like the lost episode. Yeah, it's a good episode too, and I hate that things happen the way it did. It was it was it was a choice episode. Yeah. Talking about pooping on yourself in the uh, Shinjuku station. <laughs> uh. And now good. here we are with Kodomono Jikon, the show that will either be our s- salvation through hell or will send us to literal prison. Yeah, so Kodomono Jikon brought to us by Studio Dio 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 Media, who also brought us such wonderful classic shows. Like Domestic Girlfriend, <laughs> which isn't that bad. Yeah. Uh, Akuma no Riddle. My mental choices are completely interfering with my school romantic comedy. Uh, God. Uh, what's this show? It's uh, The Squid Girl. Fuka, the sequel to... <laughs> what's that stupid anime I hate? Uh, Suzuka? Yeah, Suzuki or whatever. Suzuka, yeah. Yeah. The sequel to Suzuka and Honda-kun, the prequel to Barakamon. (laughs) Like, what are these fuckers doing? My girlfriend is, my first girlfriend is a show bitch? What the fuck is a show bitch? What are you doing? Yeah, there's like some polarization with this own studio. It's like, I like good shows. And then in, in the privacy of their own home, I'm going to make more Kodomo no G-Con. Like, what are they doing? What do they do? What is their drive? I, the more we do this, the more we do more just watching anime, for lack of a better (laughs) word, the more I look at these studios and I say, what's your deal? Why do you do what you do in spite of everything? Yeah. And I look at Kodomono Jikon. I look at Kodomono Jikon. And I say, I say, why? Who? Who said we need to sell the fucking manga about horny nine-year-olds? Who? Who made this decision? Who is this? And what shook me up even more, and I guess I was a fucking simp to say this, was I looked up and I said, what old-ass pedophile man wrote this fucking shitty manga. Yeah. And then the author was... The author was a woman. 
And I just had to step back, say, I've reevaluated my biases. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those shocking realizations that women can be pedophiles too. Yeah, it's... <laughs> and here's the thing. The manga is number, like, number 500 or something on Mal ranked in popularity so what are you doing mm. what are you guys doing out there on mal manga mal people what you doing actually now that you, you mentioned that i i start to wonder like how the manga is compared to the anime because with examples like Rosa, rosario vampire the manga is like you know it's pretty etchy but the anime just makes it even more so where it's no subtlety like, the manga introduction is a pretty normal introduction to the two main characters, whereas the anime, one of the first shots is a accidental panty shot, which I know for a fact wasn't in the manga, and the anime is just trying to be that be that dude. So I wonder how extreme the manga is in relation to the anime, if, if a lot of the uncensored, gratuitous shots are anime-exclusive, or if that was... A straight adaptation. That's got me curious too, but I'm not going to investigate it. Yeah, same. I Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to... I'll give you guys the benefit of the doubt. What I do also want to point out about this manga, just so that everybody is up front, was originally going to be licensed. Seven Seas Entertainment was going to license it and bring it over here. Not with the title Kodomono G-Con. No, that's a child's time. No, 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 no. That's not what they were going to bring it over here as. They were going to bring it over here as titled nymphet <laughs> and yeah uh-huh okay yeah all right what do you i i really want to hope that the manga is artful in some ways but i'm not going to investigate because i just i don't know man Let's just get the shit show on the road. Yeah. So, dude, Alki Daisuke. <laughs> what a name. Alki Daisuke is a third grade teacher. Yeah. He goes to, he gets his first job. He's so excited to be helping with young lives. He gets there and he meets two girls, Kokonoe Rin and Kagami Kuro, who is fucking the... Every time I look at her, I keep saying, like, oh, it's pre-evolved Neko from Oremo. Just. <laughs> so he's all like, hey, I'm going to be your teacher. And Konoe is basically like, hey, I'm going to make extreme sexual advances that are going to make you extremely uncomfortable. And Aoki says, Daisuke-san says, I. But then Daisuke's <laughs> like, oh, teacher... <laughs> I hate Ben. <laughs> so Daisuke says, Hey, your teacher left. And Kokono is ba- Reen's basically like, Yeah, because we bullied him until he left because he wouldn't stop being a dick to my friend. So he goes and meets her friend Mimi and says, Go back to school. Mimi says, I ain't cool. <laughs> She goes back to school, and the raid's like, now the sexual tension can truly begin. Yeah. And Daisuke says, I'm not going to stop it. I'm just going to be conflicted. And the audience is going to go, huh? <laughs> Nani? 
<laughs> Why are you conflicted, sir? Aoki's like, this is so difficult. And the audience is like, it literally is not. It isn't. He is such a fucking... He is... First time I saw him, I said, is that you, Makoto Ito? Because <laughs> he's got Makoto Ito hair. He's got Makoto Ito sort of personality where he's like, I, I'm, un- I'm horny for some reason. Sh- should I be horny? He looks at the audience. Sh- should I be horny? And the audience says, no. Those are third graders. The God damn. The th- Mimi. Why does Mimi have boobs? Why do they all have such big, huge hair? Yeah, what is up with fucking Reen's bowling ball hair clips? Why? Why is her hair clip so big? They probably, like, they, ugh. Why does the other girl, why do they wear, like, Chinese dresses for school wear? Why do they fucking cosplay to school? Why do they fucking, <laughs> why? Is it a part of, like, the Japanese school curriculum that they change for gym class in the classroom? Because that. I don't I, I I question the validity of the of that cuz I know Japan is kind of backwards sometimes but even then that seems like a recipe for disaster. I mean it's it's so they don't have to like I'm sure it's for it's like it's like the Swedish way of doing things, you know, make a room that can do multiple features. So I I can understand why, but literally classic classic anime Daisuke walks in while they're changing they're all like hey Tai he's like yeah <laughs> and the camera pans up to the sky wow have you ever seen that before Brad like never something funny something funny happens and it pans up to the sky how original isn't it Brad it's so fucking original I like being reminded what the sky looks like <laughs> it's blue like my balls what 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 (laughs) what the fuck do you mean i don't know man i've lost all sense of comprehension i've watched this let me tell you i started this show december 20th 2020 i finished the show december 20th 2020 we're recording the show December 20th, 2020. It is 12.38 p.m. right now. We we are not playing, boys and girls. This is not a well-oiled machine. Let me tell you right now, this is barely a... a, a, a <laughs> Sometimes I don't think we're going to get the episode out, but we always do. This is why we're cutting Animism... This is why we're wrapping up season one of Anna Misery because the shows are getting progressively worse and I keep putting them off until the very last minute and it's the watching experience that makes it truly miserable. The forced marathon. Yeah, it's it's hard. So next season's just going to be reviewing good shows and talking if they're actually good. Yeah. But we'll yeah. we'll talk about this later and like the at a different at a later point. Yeah, dice. So Daisuke signs lit. <laughs> so <laughs> so Daisuke San is. <sighs> he just does shit that is obviously fucking sus. Yeah, 
Rain does bad at school. He's like, I'm a privately teacher. And it's just. She's gonna fucking. You know what she's gonna do. It's. He gets way too involved with this student, and he, his thoughts are like, oh, it's just a regular teacher-student relationship, just like the dream. I dream of being the teacher. And meanwhile, he's not even not noticing, but he's ignoring the obvious implications that Rin is trying to press onto him. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what's going through his mind when... This student lifts up her skirt to show bloomers, and he's like, oh, you crazy kid, stop doing that. Yeah. I am legitimately curious as to what the fuck is going on through his head when his student kisses him, and he's just like, oh, don't, don't do that. You don't fucking nip, you don't nip a, you don't nip a fire in the bud by going, you naughty fire, (laughs) you stomp it out. Yeah. Dude. Gosh, I'm peeking all over the place because I'm getting like, I'm getting actually mad. I don't like the show. It makes me uncomfortable. Pedophilia makes me uncomfortable. I you had like a full on rant earlier in the chat when you were watching through like episode four, and went from censored to uncensored. Oh yeah, Craig, pull up the ch- pull up the rant. Uh, it was December thirteenth. If you're looking for a date, Craig. Okay. So what happened in the fourth episode is I watched this on a site that has mixed fan group, uh, fan group, um, subs basically. So I watched one episode and it's a different fan subgroup. The second fan subgroup is a group that legitimately makes fun of people watching the show by calling them like pedophiles and stuff. Yeah. And then the episode for the fourth one was by a fan subgroup called Loli Poppers. <laughs> And that was when I knew I was in danger Mm -hmm. because it was uncensored and I saw ass and I looked and I had to go. I had to go look for an uncensored anime episode. I never thought I'd reach that point. So here's the thing. I was physically recoiling this. Here's my rant at like somewhere in the morning or something. (laughs) I don't know. I just saw some little kid ass. I am physically recoiling. This lowly shit is gross. They're actual little fucking kids, and someone probably rubbed one out to the show, and that fills me with such hopelessness and despair and just loathing of this pitiful earth that would have artists, quote-unquote, who craft this kind of haunting trash that pedophiles would get off to with extreme and unrepentant lust. Hell wasn't real until we created it. <laughs> the subs I'm watching are titled Lollipopper Subs. I'm going to kill myself. Why? 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 You look me in the eyes and tell me there's a god out there who loves us. Look me into the eye. Look, look me into my eyes and fucking lie to my souls. I was content with my censoring. I wanted my censoring, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what else I'll have to see. Sure, it's animated, but it just feels even worse because someone crafted this character to be their idolized version of a child. Someone said, yeah, I want my kids to be horny on main, and I can't deal with their abomination that they constructed with surely not a brain cell in their head, but with all their degenerate blood flowing flowing to their dick. Yeah. And then Brad, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. And then me, I'm finishing this fight. Picture of Master Chief. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm finishing this fight. Halo 6 to 10 years jail sentence. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a breakdown. Yeah, and it's when you pull back the veil, you have you do have that horrible realization that someone had to animate this. There was a whole process, a whole team that had to work on this. Some of them, I'm sure, were contractually obligated to work on this. And even worse so, some people were excited to work on this and got into it. Like, I don't know what the statistics are of mangaka or anime artists who, like, jerk off to their character designs. But, you know, whatever that st statistic is, you know that it has to carry over into repulsive stuff like this. Especially for, like, unreleased stuff. That doesn't make it into the public eye. Like, isn't it, wasn't it, like, a, some, some kind of fact to it where mangaka would, um, like, under a pseudonym or something, make doujinshi of their own work? Some of them make doujinshi of their own work yeah. or something to that extent. I know one of the fun, the fun little tidbits is that the Kaguya-sama mangaka makes doujinshi, but he doesn't, like, make them lewd. He just makes fun stories that aren't canonical. Yeah. I respect that. I respect the Kaguya-sama mangaka. He's a funny man. You know what isn't funny? Any of the humor in this actually... That's a lie. There was one scene that got me really bad. Oh, was it the sacrifice? <laughs> the sacrifice. <laughs> so they're at the summer camp in like episode six or so, and it's obvious, you know, shenanigans. Teacher, let's sleep together. Teacher, let's... I'm horny, teacher. <laughs> and he's trying to be a good... He's resolved himself to be a good teacher. And I, 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 I can see the fundamentals of how this could be a good manga, manga if it's not so lighthearted, I guess. But he's telling everybody what they can't do. And he's like, no doing this, no doing this. And then it gets like extreme when he's like, no doing this. And then he says, no sacrifice. No sacrificing. And there's just these two kids in fucking full-on hoods with a chicken and a chicken leg in their hands. And like a pentagram <laughs> on the ground. You yeah, got me so bad. <laughs> I had to pause and laugh it out because I was not expecting that. <laughs> and that's the thing is that I think the show had two, gave me two weird laughs. And I hated it. Which is why I regret what my score might be because compared to AkiCon, which never made me laugh, which never made me want to watch this show. And there's actually, for all the shit this show does, there's an episode, episode six, no, ep the real, ep the real episode six that deals with Reiji, yeah. uh, Reen's adopted father slash cousin? Adoptive something. Adopted adopted father cousin who is also her stepfather it's ooh it gets really incest Rin's second cousin once removed and guardian and once inserted into her mother yeah yeah hot ain't gonna lie though yeah <laughs> her mother does kind of do it for me which I'm regretful this episode was also uncensored, and what an episode for it to be uncensored, because I actually got a little bit of that that back action. I know, right? I mean, the, the episode where it goes into Reiji's history hit really hard. It was 
out of left field for this anime. It actually yeah, made me start caring. I fucking know, right? That's the problem. I was actually invested in Reiji. Yeah. And his backstory and what was going on with him and Reen's like parentage. That was good. If the entire show was that, you know, from Reiji's POV, where he's dealing with his horny as shit adopted daughter. Yeah. And dealing with the relationship and her trying, you know, to just fulfill this void by being, you know, like, you know, going full on Lolita. That would have been a great anime. I could have watched that anime. And like the legitimate drama in episode 12 where Reiji's trying to, you know, prevent her from going to school because he's scared about the relationship she's having with her teacher. Yeah. Which he should be. That's legitimately compelling. Right? Yeah. I'm not wrong. And there's also an added and like an added effect of when uh he was laying in bed and Rin snuck into the bed and he was having like some flashbacks or dreams of what was the name? Akichan. Yeah. And then he found Rin snuck into bed with him and like maybe had a bad dream or something. And he's sniffing her hair, it's like mm, smells like Akichan. And I was like, uh-oh. I see where this is leading, and I hope it doesn't go that way. Same, though. But for real, there's so many shows like this with Aramaga Sensei, Kodomono Jikon, and others of its type, where there's symbols of a good story in there that's ruined by just blatant and unnecessary hentai. You're definitely right. Like, god because damn, this could have been a compelling story on par, like, a, of the same vein of, like, Happy Sugar Life, where you have this nice little relationship, but there's a lot of in- mental instability and some psych- uh, psychopathic tendencies deep in the relationship, and, you know, that's going to lead to eventual conflict. I would have liked to see that with Reiji versus Daisuke over what's best for, uh, what's best for Reen. Uh, yeah. We don't see that. And especially in episode 12, uh, where it was going to be a confrontation, and you see this mirroring of what Reiji did to his parents when he was being neglected, and now he's starting to cycle that back onto Reen, how he's being neglectful and being overprotective, and Reen is starting to pick, quote-unquote, pick up the knife against him. And you think something's going to happen, but no, he's just like, passes out or something and it's like oh it's okay whatever we got a status quo for season two this show has such moments of legitimate promise i thought it was going to turn into higurashi at one point yeah when reen was debating pushing the teacher down the stairs because she's jealous of her yeah that was pretty that was suspenseful yeah i like actually wanted to see where the next episode was gonna go i watched it and then she just says no i I, i'm not gonna do it and then she even makes a joke about it later to the teacher when she helps her out and says i'm glad i didn't push you down the stairs and the teacher's like excuse me yeah by the way that teacher is gosh i don't i couldn't remember her name so i kept calling her pie pie her name is hoeing Kyoko. Yeah, I I was getting titty teacher was actually making me unfortunately horny. 
she was a she was like I'm not gonna lie, some of the like character designs of the show were actually not that bad. Like, you know, as far as the uh, like the what was her name? Hoeing. Hoeing. Yeah, Hoeing and the actual main trio, some of their outfits were pretty, you know, cute to look at. But what it's done with all these designs just takes everything away. Actually, no. Who who's that? Who's that one character? What's her name? Who who that is? Kagamine Kuro. I fucking hate her. I hate everything about her. Fucking bitch. Her her hair is just the the like the uh, the lighthouse of the the craggy island of her character design. It's like oh. I, I could tell by this color, the length, and the design what this character is going to be. And she's wearing, like, gothic Lolita outfits every single episode. It's like, why do you fucking exist? Yeah, and she's always kicking Daisuke in the balls. And it's funny the first time a little bit, but then it's just never again. Sometimes it's, like, semi-justified because he's doing something that's interpreted as perverted. And it's like, huh, you pervert? Kick a dick. But then you... Kick a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Knob a nut. And then... Pound a penis. You have other moments where Daisuke is just hanging around, doing his own thing. He's just like standing next to the uh, tournament board. And then Kuro comes around. Hey, virgin! What? Kicks a ball into his dick. And there's no rhyme or reason for any of it. And it's just annoying. Well, I mean, it's like she's like, I like Reen. Yeah, well, tough shit. She don't like you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there was that one line, though, that kind of rustled me when when Reen tried to dress as a boy to try and get more attention. And Kuro's like, it's okay, the teacher won't be able to like her because people can't like people of, this, of the same sex. I'm like, whew, what year was this again? 2007. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Yeah, that was really just stupid. I, I, okay, so did you watch an uncensored version or a censored version? I watched it uncensored. Okay, so let me tell you about the censored experience. Yeah. I don't know what half of what they said because it was censored so much. Yeah. Like, if they said anything sexual, that's when birds would start tweeting. Like, they'd be like, so I have no idea what some of them said. If they said anything, I don't know what any of them said. There was literally so much of the screen was blocked by the scene of just rain kicking the little the little no symbol mm-hmm. over and over and i just don't know what happened i watched one uncensored episode i know they showed their 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 panties off a lot yeah i i i don't know anything out of than that and i think i'm blessed because of it i noticed that when i went from once i jumped to a lot of different sites and streaming services for uh for the show a lot of them like <laughs> i would go to the next episode Sorry, we don't have this episode. And uh, I went to one like streaming service where it had those censored interlays, and I thought that was like the midway transition scene. And I realized 
this being censored. And I said, no, if I'm going to subject myself to this, I'm going to go all the way. And I specifically looked for the uncensored version. How fucking bold. I am not going to be denied anything. Even if it's bad for me. I want my methamphetamine. <laughs> you can't tell me I can't have it. Yeah, I feel I I don't feel that. I don't feel that at all. I'm I'm glad I saw the uncensored version because I had to wa- watch this out in the open. Yeah. I brought my laptop with me with the episodes downloaded on it to places <laughs> because I thought we'd be recording on a Tuesday and I was like, "Oh shit." I'm running low on time. Yeah. I, and then it was Brad. I have not finished. I have not and started. I, and I I did I did not know. I I I I I watched the episode. I binged it because I was afraid. Mhm. But here I am, the worst for it. Because I I had there's such little slivers of hope in this show. Just little, just like we talked earlier, little bits that made me think, maybe, just maybe, we could, we, we could be better people. Just maybe there's a point to all this looting of, weird looting of these children. Maybe we're going to say something, but we didn't say anything. We just, we just walked, this is just walked into the room, said, hey guys, I'm about to just, I'm about to just spray some fresh air, some fresh, some fresh gingerbread house what? What? Sorry, I was reading something and I was trying to read a a description for one of the episodes and uh, it was so censored I did not see what it is talking about. <laughs> Anyways, so I thought we would be better, but we were not. We were we were worse. I did not know that when goodness gracious. I don't know what half the shit happened in this show. I <laughs> I'm just looking at it, and there's an episode description for the seventh episode one where Reen is lying in Alki's lap, uh-huh. and they bully him afterwards, but it's censored, right? Yeah. So I didn't know why they were bullying him, but apparently it looked like ejaculate when it was actually Reen's slobber? Huh. Huh. Didn't see that. Hmm. Good, old, good old Kuleshov effect. When censoring backfires tremendously. Did it did it backfire though? Because am I are I I think I got the I got the Kodomo experience. Especially the last two episodes where I said, fuck this, I'm watching at one point five speed. Yeah. I do not have time on this goddamn earth to watch bad anime. <laughs> and that I just you don't have time to watch bad anime. I don't want to watch bad anime anymore. I want to watch good anime. I want to feel excited about watching anime. Like I did with Attack on Titan. We got the watch party later tonight, I think. And I'm excited for that. Oh yeah, I'm excited for the watch party too. I look forward to Sundays because of our watch parties. I mean, because I, it's Attack on Titan with friends. Yeah, I got I started watching Akadama Drive because I need to like binge on seasonals and i was excited for it i'm like i'm mad that i had to put it off for this stank show 
Yeah, I've been watching Akudama Drive, and Akudama Drive is good. I just finished fucking Wandering Witch, and I'm so, it made me so happy. Yeah. And then we got to talk about this shit heel of a show. We finished Berserk. Berserk was so fucking good. We just, guys, life's too short to watch bad anime. Yeah, so Negat- don't watch bad. Negativity sells, but you have to make something in order to sell it, and I don't, I don't like making this. I don't either. I thought it would be fun in the beginning when we the podcast was in its, its inception phase. I was like, hey, we should watch bad anime and talk about it. Yeah. And now, and, but I forgot. You have to watch the bad anime to talk about it. I think the- and era manga was fun. I enjoyed it. I was, you know, I didn't have a bad time. And then we watched the second one, you know, Magical Gorsight, which was so edgy and I loved it. And then we just slipped more and more into the oblivion. And then we reached this point, and believe me, I hate the show. But if I was sat in a room and they said, you could either watch Akikon or Kodomo, I would pick Kodomo every day of the week because at least Kodomo had some sliver of shining, resounding hope that it could muster for me to turn this turn into Higurashi no Nakokoro Nisan. Mm-hmm. But instead, it just was, it was, it was lolly bait. But Akikon was sucky. Yeah. And I don't understand lollies. I don't understand the, I don't, I, I don't understand it. I don't get that body type. I like women. <laughs> <laughs> I like women, not girls. Wait, that might sound a little bit weird, but I like my anime waifus to have either the personality, the resounding, you know, lovable personality that I would adore. And if I do, they become my daughters. They don't become my waifus. You think I fucking waifu Rika from Higurashi? No, she's a daughter do. Yeah. Although she's technically, but oh, that's a special case. You think I'm going to like, do you think I'd get a hug pillow with girl from, I've already forgotten her name from Sweetness and Lightning? Oh, Sumugi. Yeah, Smoogie. You think I'd get a hug pill of Smoogie? No. That's gross. It's weird. Yeah. I, do you think I would, like, ever legitimately waifu any of these girls from, like, Oremo who look really young or younger? No, because I like women. I like older women. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here to blast my my personal taste on anybody. And I'm not, if you're into it, like, if you're into it, cool on you. I respect that. But I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I don't see what the appeal is. Didn't you, like, have some ludes, though, of uh, that girl from Orimo? I had a lude of one of them oh. at one point, but it was not that one. Okay. The one you're thinking of. That one was a special case because that one was a... That one is a character on character, and Craig, please take this out because it's going to make me sound bad, but what I'd ended up doing was... So... Here is what happened because you know what? Just fuck it. This is my this is this is the anime podcast where I talk about my anime lifestyle and choices. So I went to con, the, a con one year. It wasn't Comic Con because I don't think Comic Con at the time sold do, doujinshis. But I went to a con and they had a doujinshi booth and I was like, oh, really cool. And I was at, to Orimo at the time because it was all about otaku culture and I loved otaku culture at the time because I was new into anime. I thought that was interesting that there was an entire new culture surrounding my new interest. Yeah. So I went and I bought an Orimo, an Orimo doujin and the cover of it was so cute. 
it was Kirino in like a wedding dress and she looked so happy and cute. And I was like, oh, this is so adorable. Little did I see, not see, there was an 18 and plus <laughs> and I had to be carded to look at it. Yeah. So I just bought it and I was like, oh, yay, I got this cute little picture. And then I opened it and they was fucking. And I was like, oh, dear. Oh, Lord, what what heathen, what what sinful product have I purchased with mine own money? And then I looked at it and I said, hmm, this does look like the show's art style, though. It kind of cute. <laughs> and then I was like, too bad I don't know what the fuck they're saying because it's in Japanese. So I found it online. And I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cute. And I saved it. I saved it to show to my partner at the time, who was a fairly horny person. And that's my that's the story of why I have the lewds. So that I can be not absolved of my sin, but so that I don't look like a goddamn pedophile. Yeah. But it was legitimately a cute wedding dress. Yay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, this is porn. <laughs> and so then I had it and sent it to my partner and they liked it I want to say and now that's on my old 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 phone and also that got uploaded to my google drive and has since been deleted that's the end of my story that's story time for this can I have milk and cookies now (laughs) yeah you can have some milk and cookies you can have some milk and cockies (laughs) ha Oh god, uh, that's stupid. I'm. Uh, anyways, the point I'm trying to make for this little rant is I don't understand the lowly fetish. I do not. Brad, could you share some light for me? Oh boy, here we go. Here's where I might get roasted at the stake. Woo! So I cannot speak for all of them who have that particular preference, but. The way I understand is that some some of those who have that preference did not, like, have that switch flipped where they don't know why they like this particular thing. It's like with a lot of fetishes, like with foot fetish. You don't know why you like feet. You just do. You just look at a feet, it's like, hmm, that's nice. I can't explain why it's nice, but it is. Yeah. And I want it. And it's like the same thing with Lolicon. Some people can't explain why they like this. Some people might not even want to like it. They just... You know, there's always the disconnect between the brain and the dick. Like, you ever just sit in the middle of class and your dick just gets erect for no reason? You're like, what? What's going on? I'm not... What I'm do you see, boy? I'm literally looking at the book. And so there's just that... Those enticing thoughts where you don't know why, like, you're getting aroused by something. You just are. And sometimes you don't want it, and there's nothing you can do about it. So, there are a lot of discussions about how lolly art is pedophilia, full stop. And that it should be illegal, and depending on your state law, it is illegal, which, uh... You know, and so for some people, well, it's, I don't, I I don't want to, just what? 
just listen. If you say anything too awful, Craig will take it out, okay. yeah? Some people will go to lowly art as a type of release so they they don't have any temptations in actual society. Some people go to lolly because they're, I don't know, because they uh, they know it's illegal. So they do this to, as like kind of a loophole or whatever. Some people want help and don't want this kind of a, this kind of a attraction anymore. And I believe th- those people do need help. They should seek help. Some people t- just go full into it and do some wildly illegal and costly actions that makes them fully deserving of of a prison sentence. It's a... Uh, there are those people, though, that, who want to, like, have themselves included in the LGBTQ community, and that is not okay. That I do not agree with. You shouldn't be... It's not something that's acceptable or should be acceptable. Fuck maps. Yeah, whatever they're called. I forget what their acronym is. Yeah, it's fucking maps. Fuck maps. And it's not something that should ever be accepted, but should be something that's deserving of sympathy and help. Some kind of therapy taken to where they can help to control their urges or maybe even conquer their urges to where they don't have these... um, What's the word? These temptations anymore. These... these enticing thoughts. I? I don't have a stance on this, okay? I don't like... I... 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 I this did not mean to become a heavy discussion. <laughs> I don't... I don't know, man. I don't know anybody's... I don't know the experiences of these people. I personally am not going to invest myself into researching it. Not because I want to be ignorant, but because pedophilia makes me uncomfortable. Like, it legitimately makes me uncomfortable because I know some people in my life who have been... who have been affected... who have been affected by it. They've had themselves exposed at too young of an age to this sort of thing, you know? Yeah. And that's why the show made me uncomfortable is because... Maybe this mangaka had a legitimate story to tell, but whoever decided to make this anime made it into a weird sort of fetishistic, you know, story. And it made me uncomfortable. Because, like, I don't, there, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. Maybe there are third graders out there like this in Japan. I don't know. But I don't think that making these kind of characters is very helpful for expose like for for remedying any sort of negativity that is sort of placed on anime because you know that is one of the things that i think that is commonly criticized about anime is yo it has unrealistic expectations it advocates certain things because you know there will be really attractive young girls and they'll be like oh man that girl's attractive and then it's oh they're 16 in in universe and you're like ah well i am a horrible weird human being for this and that's just kind of the weird dance we do with anime, you know? Yeah. And that's also something I was I was thinking about when watching this, is that if, the, the, if they played this straight and had these third graders making sexual advances towards this teacher, and they had the inner conflict of the teacher trying to deal with how he can report or help these students who are too young to be thinking about this kind of thing, and have that storyline of 
him trying to skirt around this issue because it's he he talks he tells himself this in like episode 10 or so but it was for a different reason about how he he's scared by them and i thought that that could have been something where you know these students are making sexual advances toward his teacher and if it ever gets out even if like a uh, Daisuke has no intentions of doing anything like this is not even doing anything that could be misconstrued as reciprocation but if it gets out that oh there's some sexual attention between the student and a teacher between a third grader and a teacher we're going to send this dice key to hella prison forever and it could have been yeah. that that uh, how it's it's always going to be taken one side versus the other and that how that would have related to like society at large or home life and it's like uh, the psychological effects of whatever's happening in this student in this child's life that's leading leading them to this that would have been an excellent discussion of like the larger uh like pedophilic happenings in that seem to be happening especially in uh eastern cultures especially and and how it could have been looking at the anime overindulgence of underage characters how it could have affected like a uh, uh, underage sex trafficking or something like that but of course with this anime it's just going straight for the haha underage lewdness jerk for it now and it's it's kind of like what happened with the the Netflix release of Cuties perhaps there was like a story to tell at the Sundance Festival and maybe I don't believe it was changed for the Netflix release. I still I believe it was like the the Sundance film was just ported over to Netflix, but the marketing that Netflix did is what caused the huge controversy about how whatever the message might have been for the movie, the marketing material just just showed these underage um underage girls twerking and having and being in provocative poses which made for a lot of you know made for a big controversy about how this is how this isn't talking about pedophilia it is pedophilia and you know it led a lot of people to just straight up dismiss it and you know i did end up watching it and and i do think the story did like overindulge in the uh provocative dancing more than actually tackling the message of how it affects these girls and how it leads them to a, a life of and uh, of over promiscuity so uh, it's hard to say what the actual message is of the uh the director and i think it did not play off as well as as she was wanting it to and you know, it's it's a difficult subject to touch on, like underage, um, the underage sexual idealization and underage trafficking without indulging it. It's a very tough line to cross, and you know, I I don't really know much of where it's where it's done well. 
I feel what you're saying. Like, if there was some sort of, like, if you t- if you try to discuss it openly, then you come across the risk of someone not seeing what you're doing and taking you as either being, you know, making a work strictly targeting people who are attracted to extreme underage minors, or you missing the point completely, and it's just coming off as gratuitous. Yeah. And the fine, it's a fine, it's a line, it's a line that's hard to kind of dance around, because maybe there is a message that could be, that could be interpreted. Maybe there could be something that you could have salvaged, you know, like, I don't know the manga. I'm not going to read the manga. I have no interest in the manga. But maybe there's a message here that is to say, like, you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to use sex sex to, like, motivate people to like you. Maybe there's a message here. I don't know. But this does seem to suffer from some sort of, this like, some weird anime distillation where there's not a message coming through because this just feels like a weird horny manga like horny anime yeah on things that it should not be horny on and that's what we're having issues about because what do i say about this i what do you say when you watch this because i watched it thought it was going to be bad and yeah it is bad the animation is ass the best the animation is ass the the characters are all over the place daisuke needs to chill out and and i don't understand some of the characters mimi even has like a weird attraction to reen's cousin uncle cousin uncle brother nephew father (laughs) guardian and it's just all these girls are attracted to older people like even even kuroneko kuroneko jr is you know attracted to the mean teacher so i what is it what is going on dudes it what definitely is, feels like some fantasy fulfillment where you have the the uh the template character of Daisuke being the fill in for whoever is watching. Yeah, and, and they're that's, saying, Oh, I wish I had some young girls being attracted to me. That's why it feels wrong, is because it feel like it feels like that is the message it's trying to present. Yeah. And I don't like that. I I don't like that. And I guess that's something that we constantly as people who are in the the anime community. <laughs> that always sounds weird to me. But as people who like anime, there's a lot you do have to kind of struggle with, you know? Like, there's a lot of shows that take place in high school. And it's, yeah, I mean, like, waifuing is nice. But at some point, we have to actualize what we're doing. And nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to, like, actually put a lens up to the what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Because... It just is what it is. And I, I, I maybe that's the message the manga's trying to make. Maybe there's something it's trying to say. I don't know. Like And that all depends on what anime and manga is actually marketed to. Is it marketed to the younger generation or is it marketed to young adults or like middle aged adults? Because that con that gives a different context for whatever story it is. Like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Is it marketed to the young uh, shonen boys or is it marketed to the older mature audience? You get all these shows about where it takes place in high school. Is that supposed to be marketed to people in high school so that they can relate to it? Or is it marketed to older people so that they can live out some kind of fantasy? Yeah. I mean, are it's... They, are they, like you say, you, like you always say, anime is a product. 
So are they market? Are they pushing this out to try to get as much money as possible? Trying to take from the the anime whales who will just spend all their money on like the the Blu-ray deluxe edition, or are they trying to push out art and trying to get this to the people who will want to see the story, who will need to who need to see this whatever story? Yeah, because that's like, and that always sounds. I know that always sounds cynical to say anime is a product but this is not one man's you know like the manga yes i would consider manga probably to be art more so art than anime and i know that sounds ass backwards but production companies have to make decisions on anime it is not just one man animating everything by hand you know as much as there's a bunch of hands in this pot you know there's a bunch of people. There's a bunch of ingredients going in here. Now, obviously, you have people like, you know, Miyazaki, that they just give him free reign because they trust him. Or, you know, just any sort of director of that sort of of that sort of esteem and prestige. But a lot of the stuff that we're, you're seeing that's coming out has something... If it had any message, it could easily be lost when a production company says, eh, your message about how we should not we should be nice to each other is not going to sell. So I'm going to flip and turn the message about how, uh, about how you should buy pain, like how magical panties are because that'll sell to these fucking otaku. Yeah. And, but, but you also have, you do have, uh, some of those like anime originals where they're not being based on anything. So it's being created from the ground up. You do have adaptations like Isaac and, uh, uh, Dang, what's that one? I keep forgetting its name. Yeah. It's the one you really like that the author said the anime is better than the manga. Oh, Kakushigoto? Kakushigoto. You have stuff like that where you can tell that the the people who are working on the, working on the anime really enjoy the source material and want to do it justice. And you have other shows like that like over the years where you can tell that they're doing this as a piece of art. Yeah, it's like one of the classic stories, you know, One Punch Man. People loved that so much that they were fighting off animators at the door. Yeah. Because they wanted to be involved in this project. And the same thing is apparently happening with Chainsaw Man. (laughs) Which is coming its adaption soon, as everybody on this earth probably knows. But, 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 but. I I, I definitely feel like, yeah, you're, you're, you're right, you know. So I, I just want to look at this and analyze what Kodomono G-Con, why is it like this? Why is yeah. it so fucking weird as a concept? And maybe, you know, there's a lot of bad anime out there that has legitimate flaws. Like, you know, we touched... At the end of the day, our animiseries weren't... They really weren't just taking, like, the bottom of the barrel anime, like Skelter Heaven, you know, Chronicles of Mars, Poopa. We... Mm-hmm. We didn't go at the end of the day to legitimately bad anime that everybody looks at. We were just legitimately picking controversial or just weird anime more so than actual bad anime. But it turns out that often a lot of these products that are weird or strange are usually in the hands of people who don't know what to do with it. So yeah. they make a product that has weird sort of mixed. It feels weird. It doesn't have that right flow, you know, a la Manu he can show. Or it's just such a just 
lackluster product that no one seems to be inspired behind or even wants to work on, a la AkiCon. So it's just... When we talk about this, or talking about this anime is just... It, it, it's difficult. Yeah. We find that a lot of a lot of the animisery we've done are hentai. Whether it's Kids and Sis, Vanyu Hikicho, Akikan to an extent, Yosuke no Sora, and Kodomo no Jikan. They all seem to be the ones that have a semblance of a story, but it's just hornified. Hornified. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 just whatever the the source material was. It's just been ramped up to 11 and pushed out so they can get the horny money. Because, like, horny weeps will spend an insane amount of money for, you know, for whatever reason. And the anime industry knows this. Yeah. I just... I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm curious. One little quick, quick research. I'm about to do with my safe search on. I'm about to see if there's any Kodomo no Gcon merchandise that's ever been made. Just to let's see shopping. Okay, so there apparently is figures of the main girls. Yeah. There's figures of Mimi. There's. Is this a fucky? No. There are what? figures. There are figures. Yeah. I thought there were figmas. Oh, okay. I was about to f- be like, God damn it, good smile. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are figures, so apparently it is being sold. So it had some sort of marketability. Somebody liked it, or they knew they could sell it or something. All these figures are being sold for really cheap. This is pretty funny. Yeah. What is this one? It's it's from the censoring. That's hilarious. <laughs> this is so fucking fake. It's so fucking fake. Okay, cool. Anyways, so yeah, there's a markability here. Somebody wanted to buy products from it. And... I have also, in the course of looking up Kodomo no Jikon merch, there is apparently a doujinshi, a Jojo doujinshi called Kodomo no Jikon that has Jolene and Jorno hugging Josuke. And another one of Ryder. Oh my god. Oh, fucking kill that with fire. <laughs> what was it? It's a baby Lancer being held by Archer from Fate. Little oh. fucking baby. Oh, I'm just gonna post it in your fucking. I'll I'll post it later in the chat. Okay. I am sorry, fam. Here is what I saw, Craig. I don't know what you're doing, man. I'm sorry. Interesting. Yeah, is it actual interesting, or is it interesting you say because you don't have any other words for it? You said baby. He's a lot more uh, student than I was expecting. 
Oh, there's also Ninderoids of the Kodomono G-Con characters. So, okay, all right, cool. Good smile. Why? Nendoroid Kodomono G-Con to scale. <laughs> uh all right let's let's just let's let's just wrap this up no no before we wrap all it right up, all right let's, let's reminisce let's talk more about the kidly diddlin no i don't want to talk about the kidly diddly <laughs> i don't want to talk about the diddly kidly widly no but like as we wrap this up and yeah you know what let's give our scores and then i'll fucking reminisce i'll go okay. first Oh, so Kodomono G-Con is the one of the legendary controversial animes out there. Whenever you have that schlub in, that come over for like anime watch party and he suggests, which one's Kodomono G-Con? And you look at him with disgust and the your poor friends who don't know much about anime say, oh yeah, sure, let's give that a try, random anime night. And you watch the first episode and you all look at that friend with the biggest what the fuck face ever. And then next time you have your anime watch party, you don't invite him. And it's one of those where it's like, why was this made? What was the intention behind it? Sure, there's a semblance of a story in here of Reiji growing up in an abusive house- household and trying to be better and then falling into that pit trap of being the abuser, uh, becoming the abuser that your parents were and the side effect of like overprotection, having re becoming the person that you once were. And it could have been something where you have the where you have the oversexualization of this child of the children characters being created by the household, by societal expectations, by the meta anime history and world of this anime itself, and how that's affecting the teacher and how the teacher is going to resolve this without getting incidentally sent to prison just by happenstance and the conflict between the teacher and Reiji. But none of that is in here. What you have instead is a bunch of ogling at underage bodies, and it is uncomfortable at best, disgusting at worst. And even then, it's not enough to elicit a response within me. I'm just sitting here bored out of my mind because nothing is happening. It's a typical hentai anime, just with extremely underage characters, and it has the same tropings of, oh... This this uh, intimate thing is happening, but nothing comes of it. It's truly boring. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I I give this a three out of ten. Oh wow! So basically, same thing, different wording, I guess, more or less. Boring. Yeah, now you know how I feel when I have to follow up your your closing thoughts, and it's like, yeah, that too, ditto. Here's my yes, score. Same. Different score. Well, here's my thing. You know, I don't advocate for this. I don't I don't like pedophilia, you know, obviously because I'm a human being. I think it's I don't I don't approve of it. I think the show has a lot that it the it's boring. It's it's edgy but it's boring. And it's edgy in the worst ways. 
It's not even the fun, edgy, like, magical girl side. Yeah, it's not the fun, edgy, where I'm like, oh, look at that, that's so silly. It's not the <laughs> silly, edgy. It's just that uncomfortable, edgy, as we watch these little girls get sexualized, as we watch this milk toast motherfucker who can't say anything and constantly goes back and forth between making a decision and not, basically being grown-up Makoto Ito, who can't confirm whether he wants to be a good teacher in ways that are acceptable or if he's just going to let things happen around him as he just says, oh dear, and every time he does come to a conclusion, like, I'm going to be a good teacher, Reen does something, throws a tantrum like the little girl she is, and then he says, oh, well, I guess that was the bad choice, and it's just constantly flip-flopping between saying something, like, between having fun, like, an interesting scene, or an interesting story of Reiji, and the relationships that goes into, like, an adopted family, and a girl who has obviously gotten some past trauma in her life with the death of her mother, and this this young man who is taking care of this daughter. That's an interesting story. They yeah. just took Daisuke Aoki and the story about the school life, you know, make it make it the back plot and make Reiji and his story the the full frontal focus. Then you could have had something. You could have had a psychologically just driven show that would have been fascinating to watch obviously wouldn't have been much to actually on the eyes because this animation sucks dick yeah but at the end of the day you would have had a product that i think could have said something instead of just being oh hi i'm horny (laughs) which at the end of the day is all that i could get out of the show because it was so focused on comedy that wasn't doing anything original or particularly entertaining it was focused on characters who had every single time they threw out a nuance they quickly backpedaled and said no I'm not like that, actually. So there's just nothing here. There's nothing here but to put this on your list and act like you have some sort of credibility because you watch shitty anime. That's all this is good for me. This is all it's going to be at the end of the day is another fucking checkbox on my my anime list so that when people ask me if I watch anime, I can say, yeah, I've seen everything, man. (laughs) I've seen everything, (laughs) man. I've watched everything, Japan, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I <laughs> I have seen it all. I have walked the edge of the abyss and I have learned. I, the problem with the abyss is that when you stare into it, the abyss stares back. And at the end of the day, I finished this show and I felt empty. And I was going to give it a one, but I was like, ugh, Akikon's a one. And I would much rather watch this than Akikon because at least this gave me a couple of laughs and it had some promise and some direction i thought i would love for it to take so i gave it a two yeah i'd actually give it a 1.5 if we'd had 0.5s but you know we do mouse scores so something interesting uh since going back to work especially lately like as soon as i sit down at my desk my leg starts shaking like in that typical jumping it up and down which it's been a sign of ensuing stress, and I should probably get that looked at. But I noticed when I was watching the second half of Kodomo no Chikan, my legs started shaking. I was getting stressed watching this, and my body was starting to compensate for it. Understandable. I watched this with a, another person who likes, or I watched part of it in the same room with someone else who really likes anime, and I was constantly shifting myself away I was constantly shifting myself away so they couldn't see what I was watching and away from mirrored surfaces so they couldn't see it on the other side. (laughs) I truly feel like this was not the lowest peak as far as quality, 
but it was definitely the content that we do not deserve and do not want. Yeah. And looking back on Animisery, our scripted Animiseries, where we said, we're going to do this show or this show. I don't know, man. Was it <laughs> worth it? Did uh, you, the audience, enjoy it? Let us know in the comments. Yeah, let us know in the comments or something like that. I don't know. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> show <laughs> over. But uh, uh, real quick, before we head out and wrap this up, we uh our first year is about to be upon us and yeah. for one year celebration we have we are gonna get a voice mailbox set up and we would like for you guys if you want to to contribute messages and we will play them on air and we will you know talk about them yeah and we will have like a type of retrospective once the january rolls around we'll take a look at uh, how our first year was, what we did, what we learned, what we're not going to ever do again. And mostly we'll just talk about, you know, just like the anime we watched along the way and the friends we made along the way because you know, yeah. you're, our, you're our friends too. And we would like the the number will be in the description, but we would appreciate if between that episode, between mid-January, you'd call in and just talk about it. Maybe just talk, call in, leave us a message. Maybe yeah. say something you liked. And you don't even have to talk about us. If you want to fucking talk about another anime podcast, that's cool. Actually, please don't do that, but I'll still play it because I'm nice. Maybe. Maybe for the retrospective, we'll include the messages in here and we'll talk about them. Yeah, that's and the maybe, point. maybe we'll have like uh, some highlight clips from this past year. <laughs> Craig is like, Mmm, that's extra work. <laughs> Leads over his chair listening to this episode as he edits. I don't want to do it. Craig is listening like, excuse me, what the fuck did you just say? Did that sound like extra work for Craig? <laughs> Shut down, edits out this entire segment. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, But yeah, thank you. Again, I feel like thank you for all you've done. Thank you. The year's... Coming up quick. <laughs> this has been the last scripted Anna Misery. Uh, we do not look forward to the next, wherever it may rise its ugly head from. Yeah. But it's been a trip. Been a couple of highs, but a lot of lows. <laughs> Mostly in our serotonin level. Yeah. <laughs> Put that serotonin down and that melatonin up. Because I want to go to sleep watching some of this stuff. I need to go back to sleep. I got like five hours. Big feel, man. Big feel. Uh, but I don't want to sleep just yet. I'm My precious weekend. <laughs> my weekend! I feel that. Alright, so that we have... That has been... <laughs> Kodo no G-Con. And we have been the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. Hey! We have been your hosts, Matt and Brad. Catch us every single Tuesday on our website at otakamelancholy.com. Catch us every Friday for the re- for the uh, for the meantime. Catch our a talk on Titan series where we a talk where we a talk on Attack on Titan. Yeah, as the final season, part one yes. possibly. Who knows? Part uh, one, the movie, whatever. 
go to our website where you can find all our previous episodes and where you can find our streaming sites where you are where we are hosted and also our social media facebook twitter instagram and discord shout out to rutherford germanium vk welcome back welcome back <laughs> serban and syrup thank you so much for joining us but yeah also i'm just saying like this episode's gonna come out for christmas you know what's the perfect gift download our episodes burn them on a cd <laughs> hand them to your friends and family yeah it's a good stocking stuffer it's a great stocking stuffer two fucking weaves talking about <laughs> talking about fucking underage little girl anime fucking santa never made a better gift and speaking of people who never made better gifts where today's quote comes from vladimir nabokov from his novel lolita because of course human life is but a series of footnotes to a vast, obscure, unfinished anime. That's it. That's show. Good fucking bye. Yeah. <laughs> it slams the door on the way out. You do not get a gambate. I do not want you to do your best for this episode. That's a lie. I don't want you to take care. Kapas. Good bate. Good bate to you, sir. Gambate, whatever, you know the drill. Yeah. Bye bye, take care. Gambate. Bye bye, take care, gambate. 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 Merry Christmas! Oh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy, happy Hanukkah. Merry Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate. And happy Festivus for the rest of us. Ha <laughs> ha.